the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, let's just forget about sports. Now, I'm not really going to talk about sports much today. I have a really good show, actually. I think we're going to talk about a really stupid idea that's uh, being proposed by the Allegheny County Council involving uh, uh, rubber bullets and also tear gas. We'll talk to uh, a guy who trains uh, police in uh, the use of force about that, but uh, that's all coming up. But I I had to get to this before we get to our guests coming up at around 515. It's the guidelines for North Carolina high school sports. Now, I I haven't seen the PIAAs. I heard that uh, His Excellency Governor Tom Wolf and his Aunt Rachel are going to come out with um, with some kind of a, uh, a guide for the PIAA at some point in the next day or two. But this just gives you an idea of the stupidity. And, and I, when I tell you this stuff, I, I just understand, there is not a sport on earth that I would be willing to take part in if I had to go through this, okay? This is the guidelines for North Carolina sports. First of all, limitations on gatherings. Uh, workouts limited to 90 minutes, no more than 25 people outside, no more than 10 inside, including coaches, managers, trainers, etc. Workouts should be conducted in pods of athletes with the same 5 to 10 students working out together each day. There must be a minimum of 6 feet of distance between people of all, at all times. Of course, you've got to have 6 feet. Now, uh, this is this is... This would just this would be the end for me. Face coverings. State, local, or district guidelines for face coverings must be followed. Coaches, managers, and staff are strongly encouraged to wear coverings at all times. Masks. Athletes are strongly recommended to wear face coverings when not engaged in physical activity. So you got to come off the field if you're playing football or baseball. You come in, you know, after your uh, when you uh, three outs, you go into the dugout. By the way, you're not allowed to use dugouts in baseball. I'll get to that in a minute, but. When you go into the dugout, you've got to have a mask on when you're not actually playing. And here's the, here's the uh, uh, baseball, okay? Conditioning and tee or pitching machines are acceptable. Players must not share gloves or bats or throw a single ball that will be tossed among the team. So you, you wanna, you're supposed to practice baseball, but you can't only – you can't share a ball. You, Players must not share gloves or bats or throw a single ball that will be tossed among the team. You can't throw a ball back and forth among the team. A single player may hit in cages, throwing batting practice with netting as a backstop, no catcher, prior to another athlete using the same balls that must be collected and disinfected individually. Each baseball has to be disinfected after uh, somebody's in the batting cage and takes a few swings. You've got to pick up the balls. Somebody's got to disinfect them before you. the next person comes in there to hit. Basketball. Conditioning and individual basketball skills, uh, skill drills are permitted. No contact or sharing of balls. A player may practice shooting and must retrieve their own ball. So they're telling kids to go play basketball. You can't pass the ball to anybody, and nobody can pass it to you. So in other words, you're out there dribbling around and shooting, which you can do in your driveway. Uh, this only someone who knows nothing about sports would come up with anything this stupid and expect anybody to want to participate. And then football. Wearing protective equipment is prohibited during phase one. Conditioning and individual skill drills are permitted. A player must not participate in drills with a single ball that will be handed off or passed to other teammates. So a quarterback can have a ball. But he can't throw it to a receiver, the same ball, because he, the receiver will be receiving an infected football. It's, this is, these are government officials who come up with stupidity like this. A, a player must not participate in drills with a single ball that will be handed off or passed to other teammates. What kind of drills are you going to do if you can't throw the ball, hand it off to anybody, you can't have any contact, contact with other players is not allowed, so you can't block anybody, you can't tackle anybody, and you can't throw the ball to anybody. 
and you can't catch the ball that was thrown to you from somebody. Uh, tackling dummies, donuts, and sleds must be disinfected after each use, of course. There you go. That's why we should just completely forget about sports until these people either get out of the way, there's a vaccine. Just don't, uh, don't send your kids to any sport that's going to make them go through this. It's not going to be fun. It's not worth the effort. It's just absolute total stupidity. Speaking of stupidity, when we come back, a really, really stupid idea by the Democrats on Allegheny County Council. Stick around. thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding, and of course windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. Maybe it's occasional constipation. Maybe it's not. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Maybe it's not occasional constipation. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. You may be able to talk to a doctor online. Visit linzess.com, sponsored by Allergan and Ironwood. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. During difficult times, it's important not to be frozen by fear or complacency, thinking that Congress, the Fed, or your current financial planner will fix the impact of the pandemic on your retirement savings. The bottom line is no one else is going to care about your retirement the way you do. There is another more conservative way to plan for income without all the risk using interest and dividends. Call 888-888-4176 now to learn how the Retirement Income Store can help during these uncertain times. 888-888-4176. We'll send you our Retirement Income Kit with five educational tools, including David Scranton's best-selling book, 888-888-4176. The Retirement Income Store. Where retirees go for income. Call 888-888-4176 now. Gold. It's soaring. Are you missing it? If you have an IRA or 401k, you probably are. Less than 1% hold physical gold. We've been told by Wall Street it's for crazy people. Really? What's crazy about an asset that beats stocks two to one? I'm Adam Barada, national best-selling author of the book, Gold is a Better Way, owner of Advantage Gold, an Inc. 5000 member, and highest rated gold IRA firm in the world. Gold is booming because gold is really about debt, and global debt is a pandemic. If you have an IRA or 401k, I want to give you my book for free. That's right, free. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Learn why gold will outperform pumped-up stocks from this point forward. Turn your IRA into a wealth growth machine. Just call 800-900-8000. It's time to stop being crazy. Call 800-900-8000. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. 
Well, just in case you weren't being annoyed enough by your local government uh, officials' order orders to say stick six feet apart or to wear a mask, uh, the Allegheny County Council is getting ready to pass an ordinance that will make lots of people feel good and probably make things worse. It's about rubber bullets, tear gas, and flash grenades. And Allegheny County Council, which has 12 Democrats and three Republicans, is going to propose legislation to ban all three. Is that a good idea? Well, I don't think uh, Ed Bogatz thinks so. He's been in law enforcement for 38 years. He trains people who train law enforcement people in the use of force. He's been involved in that for 28 years, and he joins us now. Ed, thanks for being here. Hi, John. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So why is uh, taking rubber bullets, tear gas, and flash grenades away from police a bad idea? Well, I'll tell you, um, in in my many years of experience, um, we've seen a lot of advances in technology, and less lethal options are there for police to be able to take a situation and de-escalate it in a very minimal fashion. And I think that um, taking these less lethal options away from our police would greatly increase municipal liability because it takes away safer options that reduce the potential for injury, most importantly to our officers and also to uh, the subjects. Mm-hmm. Now, is this one of those ideas that is going to make a lot of people feel good because they think they're doing something about police violence, but is also is going to make things worse then? Well, I think it's going to make things worse because uh, I, I've read through this ordinance, and I don't see the attachment of any real empirical data supporting the decisions that are being made by county council on taking these types of force options away from police departments. Uh, my question is, why is this being done? Um, what's the desired end result of these types of drastic measures? Um, I think it's detrimental to the mission of keeping communities safe when dealing with aggressive criminal elements that infiltrate peaceful protests. I'm a very, very big pro-First and Second Amendment person. And I feel as though peaceful protests, no one should stand in their way until they become the situations that we've dealt with, even hitting as close to home the past weekend um, or so with, with the city of Pittsburgh. I mean, it really crushed me to see that type of reaction, um, you know, in comparison with you know, other cities who, who have longstanding... Um, issues with these types of events, I was really shocked to see, and I, I kept saying to myself, that isn't our Pittsburghers. That's not our Pittsburghers. That's, those are outside influences that are coming in. And I understand, John, the frustrations. And please, believe me when I say my heart goes out to the George Floyd family. And I was repulsed at the video that I watched over and over and over again as as a trainer a police officer um i was just i was speechless yeah and i i want to get into the uh in a few minutes we'll get into the george floyd thing because i want to get your uh your feelings on um why it got to that point and what happened there and what the what kind of training was needed or wasn't done but uh, just to uh, get back to what the Allegheny County uh, Council wants to get rid of rubber bullets, um, we've heard, I haven't heard that much about rubber bullets until just recently, um, but they've been in the news a lot. When are rubber, when are rubber bullets used? Great question, John. Uh, a, a rubber bullet is a, a compound of a soft, flexible uh, rubber material that is meant to be used as a, 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 a shock um, application to the body. It's a pain compliance thing. It's, it's something where it it's creates distance between the officer and the individual subject, where um, applications are to large, beefy, muscular areas of the human body when they're properly deployed. 
and it caused that temporary motor dysfunction where it enables the officer to to step in and take control of the situation with you while using a minimal amount of force. They really they they've been around for decades. They're very popular in Europe, Canada, and in corrections today. Um, but the application in in law enforcement um, has to be closely monitored to the point where um, supervision and and training are key. And I know that you want to talk about those areas, but the applications yeah. are so much more valid than um, using a lethal option. So, but if if you shoot me with a rubber bullet, do I think I've been shot with a with a bullet? Is that well, my first? Because I, I don't I, know it's rubber when, when it hits me. Right. Um, your first thought is um, it's going to feel like a, 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 a massive bee sting. Or, um, for uh-huh. those of us, us that have, have played baseball in our youth, getting hit by a baseball. Now, I've often likened, to common lay terms, the uh, application of a less lethal round, which travels around 250 feet per second, um, compared to a lethal round, which travels at, at, at anywhere from uh, 1,100 to 23 to 2,500 feet per second. Um, it's like getting hit with a, with a baseball that's being thrown at, at 80 to 90 miles an hour. So that's what so it feels the, like. So the individual um, will feel pain and, 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 and uh, will, will immediately go um, to, to their knees, um, and, and they will have um, a temporary motor dysfunction. They'll have a stinging and, uh, sensation, and it could cause some bruising and things like that. Uh, these bullets, are they shot from pistols or long guns? Uh, typically, they're shot from a shotgun, which is designated as a less lethal uh, weapon, um, and, and their specific training. See, we train individuals differently when they're applying a less lethal application than a lethal application. In a lethal application, we train uh, officers to shoot center mass and to shoot to stop the threat. Okay? Mm -hmm. And that is when they are justified in using deadly force. Only when they're justified in using deadly force. Now, less lethal force Um, we teach the four points of the body, which would be shoulder, shoulder, hip, hip. Um, And those Mm -hmm. are areas that typically in the hips will cause that person to stop advancing forward, and it kind of takes the fight out of them because they have this pain radiating through their body, which is a temporary thing. Um, It's it's like getting punched or or being stung by by a, uh, a bee or a hornet or... Um, yes, so there is pain involved in it, and you will know that something has occurred. And you mentioned something to me when we were talking earlier today when I called you to be on the show about how um, it seems like an obvious thing, but people may not think about it enough, is that when police are put into a situation uh, of a mass demonstration or a riot or a combination of both, they are extremely um, um, uh, uh, overmatched. Outnumbered. And outnumbered. Yeah, maybe yes, not overmatched, absolutely. outnumbered. We did have a discussion about that, and um, there are certain techniques that we teach um, and we advocate in those types of situations where uh, the officers uh, get in protection mode, where they're protecting um, themselves along with the property and trying to quell the disturbance. And there are um, certain advances um, in the techniques where they're taught to be able to defend themselves with the use of this type of equipment um, to disperse the crowd. That's why you'll see officers in, in riot gear, which consists of headgear to protect themselves, face shields um, for any type of uh, liquid uh, type of weapon system that's thrown at them, and actual shields where they can use them to push um, folks back um, when they're involved in these types of events. So uh, they are taught, um, and they're, they're taught application of different types of less lethal uh, systems to use within 
those operating parameters of when they're trying to quell violence because an officer can can be outnumbered 200 to 1 depending upon the size of some of the demonstrations that turn into riots. Yeah. And so it's easy, it's easy for someone on the Allegheny City Council to sit uh, up on a uh, sit on sit at their uh, desk or at their or wherever they sit at the when they have their Allegheny Council meetings, sit at the table there and uh, uh, and decide that these cops are not going to have these weapons, these un, these non-lethal weapons, and they're still going to be sent in and be outnumbered a hundred to one. And and then they're going to wonder why a cop would then say, well, I got two choices here, run or shoot. And I, the only thing I have to shoot is a gun that will kill someone. Right? Yeah, and, and unfortunately, if you disarm the police and being able to respond in this manner, you're going to see an increase in the use of lethal force uh, mm-hmm. because that's, that's the only option that you're, they're, they're being left with. Um, and I think that it's a bad idea because folks making these decisions, although they may have a specific intent in mind, um, really need to become more educated into why these types of responses are in place. Um, it, you know, police inherently have, have the authority vested in them to use the amount of force necessary to overcome an aggressive force by getting those in society to comply with the law of the land. Can you imagine, um, uh, they're talking in Minneapolis about disbanding police and defunding. Yeah. Uh, that, that is absolutely ludicrous. I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know the purpose of that, and how are you going to replace that? Any, any of our wonderful police officers... Um, on the streets today. They, they go to work, they put their uniform on, not knowing that they're going to come home at the end of their shift. Um, can you imagine somebody being involved in a domestic violence situation where someone is crying for help and on the other end of the line, sorry, um, we don't have a police department well, we'll to, send a, you, to help We'll you. send a social worker out. You know, yeah, he'll, good luck he'll with talk that. your husband um, out of out of uh, out of beating you uh, another for another fifteen or twenty minutes. You know, I'm sure you've heard over the years a lot of Monday morning quarterbacks, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I I also like to like to compare that with you know uh, policing and and responsive police. You know, it's easy for an individual to sit on the sidelines and say. Well, you know, we can't put up with this anymore. We don't, we don't really understand why they do this. We've never asked or had meetings as to why, you know, this type of, of, of equipment is needed. But, um, you know, maybe we need to look at that, and maybe we need to come back to some common sense uh, normalities in regards to training, supervision, and administration staying on top of Mm-hmm. The creation and implementation of policy and procedures well, using the best I, technology out there. We're talking to Ed Bogat, so we're going to come back. And, uh, Ed's going to come back after the break. I'm up against a hard break here. I have less than a minute, Ed. Um, and I'm sure. going to talk to Sam DeMarco uh, later in the show, uh, County, uh, Allegheny County Councilman Sam DeMarco. And that's my question for you, and I have 30 seconds. What are the chances that the people on the uh, Allegheny County Council who have proposed this have consulted with people like you i've not been consulted by anyone i spoke with sam uh, earlier today and i've provided him with some information he's the first and only one who has um yeah he but he's already voting against it Uh, i i'll 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 be back we're going to talk about george floyd and what happened to him and why and uh get uh, ed's um opinions on what why it happened and what's wrong with uh, the minneapolis police department we'll be right back With SRN News, I'm John Scott. A Minneapolis police officer charged with second-degree murder in George Floyd's death will remain in custody on $1 million bond. Derek Chauvin said almost nothing during an 11-minute hearing in which he appeared on closed-circuit TV. 
Hundreds of mourners lining up outside a church in George Floyd's native Houston for a final public viewing. Floyd's funeral will be Tuesday, followed by burial at the Houston Memorial Garden Cemetery in suburban Pearland. Tropical storm Cristobal could soon renew its strength by merging with another storm system to form a large cyclone. After drenching much of the south, forecasters now expect the storm to bring fierce winds and heavy rain to much of the Midwest. Stocks closing higher on Wall Street. The Dow gained 461 points today. The Nasdaq up 110. The S&P picked up 38. This is SRN News. With all that's going on right now, the last thing you want to do is add to your stress. But credit card debt does that, doesn't it? Even though these are hard times and credit card debt can add up, you don't have to tackle it alone. Nonprofit Trinity Debt Management can help. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees, and drastically reduce your interest. You'll pay thousands less than you originally owed. It's not a loan. It's a way to become debt-free and possibly improve your credit score. So call Trinity and talk to a certified counselor. They'll explain their proven program to you with no pressure, just practical solutions and hope for tomorrow. Take away this added stress today and be there for your family. If you're ready to pay off credit cards in less time for less money, then pick up the phone and call for a free no-obligation debt analysis and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. She's listening all the time and getting smarter every day. When you want the conservative perspective on today's most pressing issues, Alexa has the answer. You just have to point her in the right direction by saying, Alexa, enable the Answer Pittsburgh skill. Now say, Alexa, play the Answer Pittsburgh to get your favorite conservative talk station without lifting a finger. Look, Ma, no hands. So, Alexa, what's your favorite station? That's easy. AM 1250, The Answer. The coronavirus pandemic has dramatically exposed the ill-conceived reliance on Pennsylvania turnpike tolls to fund mass transit. The estimated loss of nearly $160 million will hurt the Turnpike Commission's ability to make payments on its current massive mainline debt. To learn more about this issue and others at AlleghenyInstitute.org, now celebrating a quarter century of challenging conventional public policy wisdom that's seldom wise. That's AlleghenyInstitute.org. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy & Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. All of our cleaning and disinfection services use hospital-grade, EPA-registered products. Contact us to provide peace of mind for your employees. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master Greater Pittsburgh. Our specialty cleaning services can provide the peace of mind your customers and employers need as your business reopens. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master Greater Pittsburgh and schedule a consultation today. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. A couple of accidents out there, one on 65 right near the Sewickley Bridge. Also have a crash on Brownsville Road at Sunny Slopes Road in South Park. North Shore Drive at Mazeroski Drive, there's a water rescue going on nearby. Might want to avoid that area outbound on the Parkway East. A little slowing Greenfield Bridge overpass to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and at the Allegheny County Courthouse, a protest going on. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. Clear skies tonight, low 59. Sunshine tomorrow, more humid with record-tying heat, high 94. Tomorrow night, breezy and very warm. Patch of clouds, low 73. Turning cloudy on Wednesday and breezy, the temperature near the record of 94 and humid, with a shower or thunderstorm in the afternoon, high Wednesday, 91. 
With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Now we, in our last uh, segment, we talked to Ed uh, Bogatz. He's a uh, guy who's been a policeman, a police chief. Uh, he's been, uh, and he did that for 38 years. He's worked in security, which is what he's doing now. And for the last 28 years or so, he's been training law enforcement people in the use of force. And actually, he trains people who train people how to use force. Uh, Ed, uh, I want to get to um, the uh, the George Floyd um, incident and the use of force. As a guy who has uh, trained thousands of cops, I just and you mentioned a little bit in our last segment, but what was your immediate reaction the first time you saw the video? You said you were appalled, but what was it that really appalled you about it? Well, I'll tell you, I was shocked at the position of the officer. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing where the, the the knee was placed on the neck of this individual and um, with what the individual was saying, what Mr. Um, Floyd was saying um, was not take, being taken into consideration. And I, I, I watched the body language and the facial expression of... Uh, Officer Shaman and 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 was amazed at how there was just um, it was a blank stare. It was as though he was in some type of a zone, um, and 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 I don't know. Initially, he wasn't responding to um, uh, I, I guess directives and and communication from the other officers at the scene, um, and 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 I'd like to talk a little bit more about their involvement but I will do so on your cue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <clears throat> that's what I, I want to talk to you about that, too. But um, I'm just I, I, I just wonder if you think that looking at the Chauvin's um, demeanor, that it looked like he'd done that before, not not had someone die, but used that maneuver before. I don't think he just tried that out for the first time there. Well, it, sh- it showed me a level of comfort on his behalf in, in applying that technique, and that that to me was very disturbing because that technique we have not taught or advocated that technique in in over twenty years. Years ago, uh, the LAPD came out with a technique called the veneral neck restraint, which was a chokehold, which um, applied pressure to the common peroneal nerve coming through the neck, which um, uh, will cause an individual to lose consciousness. Those have been proven over the years to be so dangerous that uh, departments that I have dealt with and, and trained and been associated with I took those out of their programs decades ago. Um, the, the, those are techniques that, that aren't even uh, considered uh, today. They're not a part of the industry standard nor a best practice. And this is, uh, I saw a story on CNBC, uh, I think it was CNBC.com or NBC.com, uh, it said the Minneapolis police rendered 44 people unconscious with neck restraints in the last five years. That was the headline. And here's what the manual says. Uh, this, is the, this is from the Minneapolis police manual. Quote, the unconscious neck restraint shall only be applied. So it's, it's called a, a restraint that, assumes that it's going to result in the person being unconscious. The unconscious neck restraint should only be applied, one, on a subject who is exhibiting active aggression, or two, for life-saving purposes, or three, on a subject who is exhibiting active resistance in order to gain control of the subject, and if lesser attempts at control have been or would likely be ineffective. So um, as a someone who is trained and, you, and, and, and someone who doesn't use, has not taught this technique, or know of anybody else teaching it for a long time, how is it that it's still in the Minneapolis Police Manual here in 2020? Well, I'm sure that answer will come to light and come to fruition either in the criminal trial or a potential civil trial. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a dangerous practice. Um, I I, I wouldn't advocate that because uh, the end result can become tragic. Um, as you've as you've uh, witnessed, as as many Americans have witnessed um, with this current event, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it is just, um, it's, it's antiquated, it's Neanderthal in its approach at best, um, and it's something that um, needs to be stricken from the record. Yeah, and is it, uh, is it something that you would expect a defense attorney uh, to, to use? Uh, he's going to say, listen, this is, he's going to point to all those, the 44 <clears throat> people who were rendered unconscious, and I'm guessing that, I don't know, but I, I, I have a feeling that the people who rendered the, the subjects unconscious were not thrown out of the police force. So his defense is going to be, listen, that's just no big deal to me. This is what we do all the time. We, we kneel on people's necks. Yeah, that's another great question. That'll probably be answered in the courts also. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a solid response to that other than the fact that um, years ago and up to today, uh, a lot of people have dropped the ball um, in the Minneapolis Police Department in regards to training, properly training um, officers to go out and safely accomplish their mission. Um, you know, officers take an oath of office um, to uphold the Constitution um, of the United States. And when someone's um, civil liberties, civil rights, and, and constitutional rights are violated, um, it's their duty to step forward um, in regards to helping that individual and preserve those constitutional rights. And, and even and that- though this is a common practice, it's, in my opinion, it's not a proper practice. And it's not one that's recognized. I'm sure that if you would go out and you would talk to other use of force trainers, and there are many, many, many good ones that I have learned my trade from, they will agree with me that um, that is a horrendous technique that can end in nothing but tragedy like it did. And what, was, what should the three other uh, policemen who were there, what should they have done? If you were, tra- oh, I, if you were get, critiquing their performance yeah, as a trainer. Like, 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 I, like we talked earlier, and I want to reiterate the fact, I feel so strongly about this, that when an officer takes the oath of office to, pro- to protect the, the, the commonwealth, the state that they reside in, and the United States Constitution, um, that means they have an obligation, an, an, an ethical, moral, legal, um, and an obligation of oath of office to step in. I don't care who that individual is. I don't care if this is a rookie police officer the first day on the job, and and that's their supervisor, their training officer, their sergeant. When they see conduct like that, which is misconduct, in my opinion, they have a duty to step in and stop that and render aid. So uh, I think that the other officers involved, in my opinion, were complicit in in this event. So um, I'm ashamed at the fact that they didn't take an action. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I want to ask you, too, because uh, you you were involved in training. So uh, would you be would you be let's say the Minneapolis uh, Police Department decided that they needed to get somebody in there to retrain their uh, officers and, you know, clean it up and come up with a new manual is that who would call you, uh, someone like you, in as like a consultant to do that for them? Um, sure, myself or someone else closer in the area. Yeah, um, yeah. I, from the sounds of it, John, the the first area of concern would be their policy and procedure manual. And yeah. Um, uh, well, the in reason Allegheny I asked County, the district attorney's office has worked closely with the. Allegheny County Chiefs and the Western Pennsylvania Chiefs in helping to develop policies um, and processes to assist in guiding them in putting um, policy and procedure together. Well, what I wanted to get to was who, if you're going to point the finger up the ladder, who's at the top that that has to answer for their police uh, not being properly trained and using an either outdated or uh, not a, a valid manual. I mean, is it the superintendent of police? Is it the mayor? Or where does it stop? Where's the buck stop? I guess is what I'm asking. Oh, that that is that is a really really good question, John. And um, uh, my response to that would be: it works uh, up and down the chain of command. Um, first and foremost, you have the trainers 
who are sent to training programs to learn the best practice and the industry standard. And their job, their task is to go back and properly train and equip the officers to go out and perform their duties in such a manner that it's, it's within the scope of law. Um, and it's also the trainer's responsibility to go up the chain of command and let administrators know, look, this is what we've developed, this is what we've discovered in our training, and this is, this is what is now currently the best practice um, uh, within the industry or, or the best process to use. Um, administration needs to look at that. Administration needs to rely on input from their instructors. I have said this for the last 28 years. Um, and, and then they need to go to uh, their, their legal counsel, solicitors, um, and administration, uh, uh, borough or township or, or municipal management to come up with what, what is the best way to reduce potential liability in the loss of life or um, injury to an officer or, or, or a subject. The reason I ask so, is that, 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 that uh, Minneapolis has been governed by Democrats since 1973, and when people are upset, uh, they might want to think about uh, looking at who's been in charge for all these years and allow the Minneapolis Police Department to become uh, what doesn't look like a very good police department right now. If they have a, if they have complaints about it, that's who they should be talking to. I have about a minute and a half left, Ed. Uh, this is a strange question, but I thought of it just a few minutes ago. How does your force of uh, your, your use of force training change when you're training a woman? Um, that's an interesting question. It really doesn't. The same principles apply. Um, and and uh, female officers um, are, are very good listeners, and they not that males aren't, their male counterparts aren't. They're very intuitive, and want to they want to be able to find which techniques and which applications work best for them. And I tell them to master that technique and and, and that application, and and use that, put that in their tool belt. Um, so there really is no different way to train based upon gender it's it's you know the principles of a good police use of force instructor is number one you've got to show an officer uh the reason for learning something Mm -hmm. okay they have to learn it and retain it in a very quick period of time and it has to be effective it has to work that's why we teach so many different less lethal applications Something hey, may not work. Something may work. I'm out of time, Ed. i got to give, uh, give a little time left here for Sam DeMarco, who's coming up next. We're going to talk about this idiotic idea that they have on uh, Allegheny County Council. You've uh, made it clear that it is an idiotic idea. That's why I had you on. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Be safe. We'll be right back. constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keeps coming back? Take the five-question gut check to see if it could be more than occasional constipation. It could be irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBS-C. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats IBS-C in adults. Linzess is not a laxative. It works differently. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor about whether Linzess is right for you. Go to Linzess.com to take the five-question gut check. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com or call 1-800-LINZESS. 
We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. I love golf, and I also stink at golf. I've tried it all, the lessons, the special swing contraptions, the neon brush tees, the funny hats, the putting all of my change in my left pocket. I like to say I just happen to have a high golf handicap. My friends would say I have a high talent disadvantage. Luckily, while I might be fighting some disadvantages on the golf course, at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're lucky to be able to serve listeners with a unique advantage. Our team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. And for you, that can mean shorter turnaround times and often a lower rate, which could save you monthly and lifelong money on a new home, refinance, or cash-out refinance. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park, Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, Mississippi, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Gold. It's soaring. Are you missing it? If you have an IRA or 401k, you probably are. Less than 1% hold physical gold. We've been told by Wall Street it's for crazy people. Really? What's crazy about an asset that beats stocks two to one? I'm Adam Barada. National best-selling author of the book, Gold is a Better Way, owner of Advantage Gold, an Inc. 5000 member, and highest-rated gold IRA firm in the world. Gold is booming because gold is really about debt, and global debt is a pandemic. If you have an IRA or 401k, I want to give you my book for free. That's right, free. Text GOLD to 49776. That's the word GOLD to 49776. Learn why gold will outperform pumped-up stocks from this point forward. Turn your IRA into a wealth growth machine. Text the word GOLD to 49776. It's time to stop being crazy. Text GOLD to 49776. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. So you just heard uh, uh, an opinion from a guy who's been doing uh, training police officers for 28 years on how to apply force the right way. And uh, so, and now let's talk to at-large Allegheny County Councilman Sam DeMarco. Sam, thanks for being on the show. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. So uh, what are the Democrats planning, and when are they planning to do it? Well, let me qualify that. This isn't all the Democrats. Okay, oh, okay. we do have, we we do have some that are saying uh-huh. and are against and in opposition to this legislation. But what okay. they're planning to do, this thing was just sprung on us on Friday. It, it was put on the agenda. We became aware of it, and already we're getting calls or excuse me, emails and things like that from activists in support of this. What they intend to do, the sponsor, the co-sponsor tomorrow night. It's going to ask that we waive the second reading. What that means is they don't even want this to go to a committee where it could be debated, discussed, or amended. They want to waive the second reading and bring it up for a vote tomorrow in the hope that they would pass it. Now, if it passes um, there, does it become law, or is it a resolution or a law we're talking about here? This is a law. They they, they filed it as an ordinance. Now, what happened is, uh, the county executive would have to sign it, so they would try to put him in a tough position. Is he willing you know, to? But do you think? I, I, you know, I don't know the answer to that, and I, I do know that this would be challenged in court mm-hmm. because we believe it violates the state constitution. We believe right. that the county council doesn't have the authority to do this, but this is something that's been happening 
you know, over and over again this year is legislation is being brought up, introduced, trying to be voted on, which is not within our purview. And this is what happens when people don't pay attention to municipal elections. Yeah. Now, does this qualify pretty well as a knee-jerk reaction, which is not really a good way to govern? Absolutely. You should never write legislation, you know, on the heels of a of strong emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, good legislation should be discussed, debated. I mean, you have to look at how it's going to affect folks, and, and you have to look at beyond just the obvious. I mean, there are folks that march in the protests. I get that. I mean, we have the right to peacefully protest and petition our government for agree- redress of grievances. But non-lethal means... Uh, for the police are used in many other situations. You get a call in the old days. If you got to call a man with a knife, two police officers would show up. If they didn't have any other means to be able to subdue them, they'd shoot them. You have mm-hmm. police officers responding to calls where people are mentally ill. You have them responding to calls where people are on drugs. You have them responding to calls, domestic disputes in hostage situations. What you're doing by removing these non-lethal methods from their toolbox is you're forcing them to go on the force continuum right to lethal means. Because it, you, you take them back to the day, you take them back years ago, to the days where they had fists, a baton, and a gun. Mm-hmm. That's the wrong direction to go. So these are, this is what you're talking about when you're saying, what are the unintended consequences of taking and making a knee-jerk reaction to something, which is what this is. Yeah, and I only have about a minute and a half left. Um uh, is about I actually have about a minute left. Is there a def- defund the police, uh, defund the police movement afoot in Allegheny County anywhere? I have about forty-five uh, yes. seconds. Yes, there is. I'm getting emails on it from these folks out there. I can tell you, we are not going to defund the police, and, and I mean I will stand athwart that path, uh, you know, until I stop breathing here. I mean, folks mm-hmm. don't seem to understand, you know, that uh, these are the people that stand between us and the people that would do us harm. They're worried about police, you know, and the use of this uh, these non-lethal means to defend themselves. We saw what happened last Saturday, okay, yeah. when people were burning things, breaking windows, throwing bricks, throwing bottles, you know, attacking our horses, our police horses. I mean, this Sam, is ridiculous. Um, I'm out of time. Thanks for clearing it up. I hope they uh, aren't stupid enough to pass this. Uh, we'll see what happens. Thank you. Thanks for having me, John. All right, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.